Hey guys, welcome back to Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is Chris Bercher, and uh, this is episode 22. Today, I'm going to be talking about time. And don't forget, I'm trying to build a a completely organic, anti-influencer community uh, where we participate back and forth and uh, talk about things relevant to knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Um, So I've gotten a lot of likes. Uh, I appreciate that. Some people have uh, subscribed to my webpage, so they get automatic updates when this stuff comes out. Um, But I'd really like to hear what you think. And more than anything, I I believe in sort of the anti-marketing approach, which makes me probably mostly an idiot, um, uh, of word of mouth. So, you know, tell your friends if, if you heard something you like, I, you know, I think if you look at last episode talking about how we all feel different, you know, I think this type of stuff caters more to our individual selves, you know, things that we do alone, uh, or whatever. Um, but I think the more we share, the things we don't necessarily want to share or aren't necessarily comfortable sharing, uh, the easier everything's going to be and the better world that we're going to live in. So maybe you look at this type of thinking um, as being very personal, but what would happen if we shared this? What would happen if we shared uh, some of these vulnerabilities or more difficult to talk about things or whatever uh, and made them more socially acceptable? Uh, wouldn't that, I just think that would be cool. Uh, if you could, you know, I miss striking up philosophical conversations at coffee shops, which I'm not blaming COVID for because I haven't really done that since I was in college, but I wish I did that more frequently, but I just feel like not everybody's into that. And maybe we are actually into that and maybe sharing, um, about my podcast with your friends, uh, or whatever will help. But anyway, today I wanted to talk about time and a couple of, a couple of reasons. One, you know, time is, time is always, uh, the, the most limiting resource, which we'll talk about in a minute for me, it's like, I don't want more money. I want more time. And as I'm pushing 50 and, you know, my vision is going bad and all the things that happen with aging have started, I've become hyper aware of my limited time on the planet. And I literally never really thought about that before. Maybe I was 45 or so. I just, you know, assumed like every young person that I was immortal and it was going to last forever and I'd never run out of time. But now I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of hyper aware of time and a couple of other, you know, so another thing that happened was I watched the social dilemma, which is right now it's like September, mid September 2020 is, is uh, one of the top streaming videos on Netflix. And it's sort of about how social media uh, intentionally monopolizes your time because advertisers pay for that time. And so we've become sort of these, these units of, um, of these commodities that uh, we do this for free. And so my wife and I have been thinking a lot about how much time we spend on social media and what we get out of that and all these other things that we'd rather be doing with our time that we say we don't have enough time for, uh, which is bizarre. And so therein sort of lies the problem. We all feel like we don't have enough time. And I could blame that on a ton of, a ton of things. Uh, but the old adage is true. And as, as much as I hate to say it out loud because I hate hearing it, I know you don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear myself say it. You know, it, the things that are important to us, we'll find the time for. And the things that we complain about not having time for, that's not the problem. The problem isn't having the time. The problem is we're not strong enough, disciplined enough, 
mindful enough to make the time to do the things that we want to do. And over the last couple of weeks in my life, I've done a couple of things um, to sort of look at my time spent and sort of try to micromanage that a little bit better. And uh, um, a couple of things that I've done are uh, try to squeeze in 10 to 20 minutes of exercise. A couple of things I say. One thing that I've done is tried to squeeze in 10 to 20 minutes of exercise, um, you know, as close to every day as possible. And one thing I realized in doing this is most of the time when I think about something that I want to change, let's use exercise in this case because a lot of us want to do that more. Um, I think of this gold standard, you know, I think I want to start exercising and all of a sudden I start obsessing about it. And I've mentioned this before in a prior podcast about sort of, you know, uh, uh, spending too much of our time doing one thing being the only way that we can do it. You know, we, the only way some people can exercise is, is it for it to, you know, be a massive major part of their life and they do it all the time. They think about it and they read about it and they're, you know, that's, that becomes like this dominant, it's like people get obsessive about things and that's an effective way to add something new to your life, but it doesn't really solve the problem without having enough time because then you start spending all of your time in that space and now you don't have time to do other things. But anyway, one of the things that I do when I think about, I'm going to start exercising. I think, well, I got to look like Brad Pitt or whatever. So that means I got to spend at least an hour a day uh, and, and, and all these different structured things, I'm going to have to sign up to some sort of membership and I'm going to, and, and, you know, it becomes this massively difficult thing to do, which makes it that much harder to implement because I make the wrongful assumption that it has to be this giant thing. When in reality, what I'm trying to do this time is just, you know, I can make 10 to 20 minutes a day. I can be opportunistic about when that happens. You know, I use my four-year-old daughter as an excuse a lot because she does require 98% of my daily attention. Um, you know, except for when I carve out time to do things like this, I can carve out time to do 10 to 20 minutes. I can ask my wife to, you know, for a 20 minute break or whatever, or when, you know, she still naps, I can do it during the nap. You know, there are these possible solutions to my problem. Um, now, will I be able to find two hours every day to drive to a personal trainer and da, 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 and shower and change? You know, that becomes a big thing. That's much less likely to happen. Um, and sure, the results of um, two hours of personal training seven days a week versus 10 minutes, four or five days a week are going to be drastically different. But the 10 minutes a day is way better than nothing. And so it's this perspective thing. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying I'm the king of this or you know, I'm good at this. I'm just really trying to, you know, that, to change that mantra from I've got to do the whole alphabet to let's just try to do X, uh, some subset of that, and accept uh, a reduction in whatever benefit that I perceive. I'm not going to look like Brad Pitt tomorrow. Um, and that's okay, but I am going to be healthier and all these other things. And that can apply to, to anything, you know, maybe you smoke and you could just decrease the number of cigarettes that you have. Or like one of my dipping strategies was always, well, I may dip sometimes, but 80% of the time I'm chewing gum. So that's better than chewing tobacco a hundred percent of the time. That's going to have a lower, uh, uh, impact on my health or whatever. Um, you know, sure, I may not eat the perfect diet all the time, but if I'm trying to do it even 30, 40% of the time, I make healthy choices if I'm getting takeout or whatever. Um, those are all better than 100% of the other way. And and I, I don't know why we tend to see things as black and white, but in this case, looking in the gray to, to make more time. 
Um, because it's not true that we don't have the time. I'm, I've chosen to do this. Um, you know, my wife and daughter are out and I can be opportunistic and take advantage of this time that I have rather than sitting around and playing video games or whatever. And, and sometimes that's not possible. I've got chores to do, or I've got errands to run, or maybe I do just want to sit down and play video games. But as stupid as it sounds, as as little as we want to hear it, I mean, it's just true. You can make time to do small things. Now, complicating this is what I mentioned in a, in a prior podcast uh, about getting in the zone. Now, if you want to write, be creative, learn music, some things you can't, some things don't um, translate to 10 minute increments very well. Um, maybe you're training to do a marathon. You know, you can't run for 10 minutes a day and train for a marathon. Maybe you can. Sure, you can do that, but it's not the ideal way. It, it, it's potentially um, harmful to your. Your, your health or your, your, you know, you're prone to injuries or whatever. Some things just don't translate to that. And, and so it becomes um, more and more difficult to carve out time for things that make, that require more time. Like something like writing or getting in the creative zone. And this is my point. It takes a while to get there. You can't just snap your fingers and be in the creative zone. Sort of like you, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and say, we've got 10 minutes, let's have sex or whatever, because I know that's important to our relationship some of those things are just going to be more difficult. And the big one for me is taking that sort of opportunistic, let's carve out time to do things in 10 to 20 minute bite-sized pieces that are manageable. Sometimes it ain't going to work like meditation. If you're going to, this is, I'm, 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 you know, this is something that I do. You know, I say, oh, I got 10 minutes. I'm going to meditate. You sit down, you meditate and you just can't get into it. Sometimes to get a 10-minute meditation in, it takes 45 minutes because you just, you're distracted and you got you got to slow down enough out of your regular daily sort of mode of living, the way we live, to get into some sort of zone. And that's a problem, right? I mean, myself personally, I would rather live in the zone. I would rather just be in there in the first place so it doesn't take some amount of time. So there, right there is, is a problem that we live in something that isn't the zone. Um, that's a life full of like, you know, circling around um, inefficient use of our time. And the zone, I would argue, is a very efficient use of your time, even though the transition from point, you know, one to the other actually takes a lot more time than 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 whatever it is you want to do. So ultimately, again, I've, I, I, I refer back to, to the, the Buddhist approach or similar approaches that suggest if you can live mindfully, you spend more time closer to the zone and it takes you less time to transition in and out. So one, two things about time management. One, I think, is perspective. And you, you simply have, I simply have to understand that in order to build a new habit or find the time to do these things that I want to do that I keep complaining that I don't have enough time to do, you have to take off bite-sized pieces to do those things regardless, even if you're not getting the full benefit, even if it's frustrated, because that's how you're going to build the habit. You still have to do it a little bit. And then maybe one day that builds into some new habit. I mean, we didn't start off saying, I'm going to sit around today and waste time for 10 minutes. And it, that you know that's how that happened. It just sort of said, well, all of a sudden I have 5, 10 minutes. I don't... I, this is what I do. I don't know what to do. I don't have enough time to even figure out what to do. Uh, so I'm just going to waste it. And, and that's, that becomes the default habit, wasting time. That's what we're, we get good at because it's all we know. And we've never really thought about strategies. And so 
the first thing I did was make up a list. You know, what, what, what are the things in my life that I want to be spending time on that I complain I don't have the time to do? And these things are meditating, exercising, playing mandolin, journaling, working on the podcast, um, doing, you know, reading, doing creative things, uh, and, and all those things I, I would literally not do a lot of those things for months at a time. These are top of my list, important things that I want to do besides my responsibilities to my family, my daily chores and all the other stuff that's just going to get done. Cause it has to get done. I got to go to the grocery store because we got to eat. I got to mow the grass because you know, I want to take care of my property. I got to clean the house, whatever. Um, but these other things all, and maybe this isn't a problem that you have, but I, I think it's a fairly universal thing. Uh, all these other things that are important and maybe selfishly important. Maybe many of us look at these things as being selfish. Um, uh, you just you 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 push to the side and replace them with the the other things because you simply don't have enough time to get all these things done. You got to run your errands. You got to do your duties. You got to meet your sort of basal me- metabolic needs, uh, and these other things um, we sort of treat as being extemporaneous or extra or lower priority. When in truth, you know the oxygen mask first. There probably should be prioritized higher. So there's another element. Make a list of the things that you value and and prioritize them up there um, with some of these other basal metabolic needs. Reclassify them as needs versus wants or something in the middle, uh, pseudo needs or something like that or whatever it takes. You know, so prioritize, make a list, you know. Uh, and change the priority of these things that you want to be spending time on. And then, you know, try to build new habits by spending just a little bit of time. You know, one of the things I've done with uh, music is I keep my instruments close by and um, they're easy to access. You know, that sounds really stupid, but it doesn't take very long to just pick it up and play it. Uh, um, but more than that, it's... Upstream has been changing my attitude from I want to exercise because I want to look like Brad Pitt by next Tuesday. You know, music for me has always been I listen to extremely talented musicians, and I guess sort of subconsciously I've targeted that as where I wanted to be. I want to play as good as this person. Um, that's probably a little bit unrealistic, uh, and so it, it sets up a it sets up a a system of failure. You know, if I'm not going to spend eight to 10 hours a day and, and be completely obsessive and be a professional, just like this person that I'm listening to and, and have a whole lot more talent, probably I'm just not going to reach that. And so constantly striving for that goal leaves me feeling frustrated. And I spent the first 10 years or so of playing mandolin, what I used to call being in a rut. I feel like I, I was aiming for this, um, probably unachievable, let's be honest, target, and fit and not meeting it and then feeling like a failure. And so somehow, uh, over the years, I guess this is probably just age and maturity. I've accepted the fact that I like to do this. I've been doing it for 25 years. Sometimes I don't do it for six months. Sometimes I do it every day. It's a part of my life. and It's important to me. And I have just sort of automatically prioritized that. And I've accepted whatever level of skill I have brings me joy. I'm not trying to sell records to feed my family. Uh, I don't have the same lifestyle as someone who is a professional. Do I think about that sometimes? You know, could I have been a professional? Yeah, that's a whole thing that, that, you know, I think part of having a hobby. 
Um, but having a more accurate sort of understanding of what I need from this thing, what I like about this thing, and how much closer to that uh, that I that I am than I think about. You know, sure, I'm not a professional musician. I'm probably advanced uh, musician. I, I I make myself happy, uh, and so haven't I really achieved my goals? And so if I can do that with this sort of haphazard. Um, 10 minutes here and there, you know, um, opportunistic approach to maintaining my skill set uh, at this thing and not going long enough to where I just can't do it anymore and I'm constantly having to relearn everything. If I can just maintain, that actually meets like 98% of my goals. And so somehow I've realized that the what I thought I had wasn't what I have. And what I have is better than I thought. And so... I'm wondering if that doesn't apply across the boards. You know, I, yeah, I'd like to to be Buddha and 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 live my life in the zone, but that's probably going to require um, a lifestyle change and a serious time commitment to that endeavor. But maybe I can just be thirty percent more mindful than I am now. That's going to be a giant benefit to my life and everybody's lives in my in my my experience, my life, and and probably get me like 70% of the benefit. I'm just throwing these numbers out there. But my point is not doing something at all gives you no benefit. Plus you have the longing, the frustration, the dissatisfaction uh, with yourself, um, the, the, the sort of depression associated with not being able to do this thing that you want to do. You know, those things together are just terrible. So, you know, if you can say, somebody says, hey, do you play an instrument? You say, no, I don't. But maybe then you say, yeah, I play guitar a little. Because you spend 10 or 15 minutes a week, you know, pecking at this thing, that's still better than not doing it. I mean, that's it's hard to measure that, but, you know, the, the not doing anything, zero point, spending 0% of your time on something because you're simply overwhelmed by the whole thing, coupled with the desire to actually do it and the failure to not meet that desire... That's a terrible place to be in. So even just making the initial first step to spending a little bit of time doing something is, is, is exponentially better than that first situation. All of this stuff makes sense, right? It's, it's like so many things. It makes sense intellectually, but it's really hard to do. And that's so frustrating. And I, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts about the neuroscience behind building new habits. And, and I'm convinced that um, you know, what I've learned from that is what I'm, what I'm saying is that even it, even trying to meditate for one minute, you know, a few times a week is better than wanting to do something and then not doing it. And that should be sort of the mantra, the tattoo on your arm to remind yourself to do it because uh, that's how you're going to build a habit. You're not going to build a habit by wanting to do something uh, and then not doing it at all. All that, that habit is just building is I'm a failure and I'm not good enough and all those other things like uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, it's just it's just nurturing that mindset. <laughs> um, so what's and what's wrong with that? Like why why do we think that? You know, it's part part of that is like the the rule of ten thousand hours or whatever that book was that said if you want to be, you know, extremely excellent at something, you you won't get there until you've spent ten thousand hours doing it. And if you do the math, that's you know that's a lot. <laughs> I can't even do the math that fast, but you know, let's say there's. 500 days in a year, which there's not, uh, you'd have to spend what, 200 hours, uh, that 
year to get to 10,000 hours. I mean, you, you do the math and it's just, it's exceedingly difficult. So you, you know, you have this, it's this respective thing. You, if you're aiming to be Brad Pitt, uh, and you're, you know, Chris Farley, that's a huge gap. You know, now if you're aiming to be somewhere, someone that's like 25% of Brad Pitt, but still 25% better in whatever terms than you, you know, that's more reasonable. That's, that's encouraging. That's not discouraging. You know, we set ourselves up for failure. Well, we say we have no time. That's not true. But, you know, if you say that, it's both an excuse that, that gets you out of having to do it. But the problem is you still care. That doesn't solve your problem. Saying I don't have time doesn't solve your problem. The problem is still there. Um, I'm trying one of my other things that I really want to do more in COVID is, you know, not making this any easier is spend more time with my friends. And so what we've actually just been talking about today, I've, I've thought about this is like, how can we do this? And a lot of us are geographically just ain't, ain't going to happen. You know, Colorado, Virginia, uh, four hours away in Virginia. I mean, um, but you know, and then one of my buddies lives here and I don't see him nearly enough. Um, 30 minutes away. And so I thought, well, one, one thing we could do is a, something we've all played around with the idea is do a, do a, a zoom meeting and it sounds stupid, but that that's a perfectly viable solution to the problem. And then we can all, and it's actually very efficient. We all have the stuff to do it. Um, we all have internet and computer. We can all find the time that may be challenging in different time zones even. Um, but still that's, but why, so why do nothing? And then so much time passes and you've done nothing and then you've got 10 years and then relationships potentially aren't nurtured or, or potential talents aren't, aren't nurtured or, or, or ideas and dreams and new experiences aren't had. It's just a shame because we do actually have the time. And, and the way that we've tried to solve this problem in the past is I'll just sleep less. I'll get up at four and I'll go to the gym and I'll exercise for an hour and a half. And then, and then you end up in this, like you're still in this race because now your time seems limiting before. And now that you've increase the amount of time you had, you've jammed more stuff into it. So you're still in the same position of not having any time or maybe even worse. So it's totally a mindset. And now I get it. Some people literally do have a two hour commute both ways for four hours out of their day commuting for an eight hour, nine hour day at work. You know, that's 17 hours. You're going to sleep. I mean, I don't know how to solve that problem. Well, actually my solution to similar problems in the past has been Get all my shit done at work. Um, meditate at work. Exercise at work. You know, figure out a way to get your needs met while you're on the clock, which may not, it's not something you go to your employer and say, hey, do you mind if I spend 30 minutes sitting at my desk meditating every day while you pay me? You know, no. You just figure out the pattern to where you can make that happen. And sometimes somebody's going to knock at your door and interrupt you. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, you don't get, I mean, this, and this is me. Maybe this isn't you. I always, you know, like when I'm podcasting, I've always said, I need absolute silence. Everybody has to be out of the house. Da, 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 da. And you know what? That ain't going to happen. And so that was something that was preventing it from happening. So if the dogs run around or the, the kids get home or my wife get home and, 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 and there's some background noise, tough shit. I mean, it, it just it's okay. But getting that to not bother me has been, you know, that's something I have to work on. Like my phone buzzing. You know, I need my phone nearby. I guess I could have left it somewhere else. But it's irritating. It's not ideal. But it's okay. It's like, again, the, 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 the idea of what you're going to accomplish in the time that you have or the things that you're not doing that you want to do, 
the 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 goals are just maybe too high. I am not gonna look like Brad Pitt. I'm just not. And 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 ultimately that's okay. But if that's what I'm striving for, that just creates it's an unrealistic goal. It needs to be redefined. You know, can I style my hair better? You know, I haven't cut my hair since COVID, by the way, intentionally. Uh, or, or or whatever. Sure, I can get closer to that, but if I keep if I maintain this unrealistic and and probably just too high of a goal, if I don't set many goals, you know, in between there to feel some sort of sense of accomplishment, man, we're just we're we're not we're not doing a really good job managing our time. Um, again, for multiple reasons, because we actually do have time, we simply just don't prioritize um, the things that we want to do with that time. Uh, the things we think we can achieve may be just poorly defined in the first place. We haven't really sat down and, and listed our values uh, and, 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 and changed our mindset to make these things priorities in our lives rather than things that aren't priorities in our lives. And then we may be wasting a whole lot of time. Um, and and that's, the, that's the travesty with this whole thing is, you know, this is embarrassing to say, but I sleep like seven or eight hours a night. Um, now, now granted I'm a good sleeper for the most part. I'm a hard sleeper and I didn't sleep at all for about 10 years when my older kids were little and had really bad problems, you know, just, you know, it trickled into my life. I was never getting a full night's sleep. And so, um, my, my wife now is a light sleeper and all through our four year old sort of youth, she would wake up before I would even wake up and respond to the, the kid and I've been very lucky with all that. And, but now I'm sort of in a spot where I'm like, do I really need that much sleep? Sometimes I think I do. When I wake up in the morning, I feel like um, I had this vision. You know, I feel like I'm 30 feet deep under the water and I'm looking up and I see the light and I'm trying to get there and I'm trying to get there and I just I can't. I'm struggling to get to the surface. But that's how I feel waking up every day. Now, maybe that means I'm getting too much sleep. I haven't timed my rim cycle right, whatever. But... I'm not going to beat myself up. I've sort of made, I've solved a problem. I needed to sleep better. It was affecting my life in a detrimental way, having disruptive and, and, and bad sleep. Um, I've got that. Now Now can I manage that to be better? Um, I don't recommend cutting your sleep to carve more time out of your life. A couple other things I do, you know, I read email and the news uh, in the morning for 15 to 30 minutes every day. I don't need to be doing that. Um... We, my wife and I watch a, an hour or two's worth of TV probably every night on Netflix or whatever. I could be doing something else with that time. Um, I go I go to bed at 10 o'clock and wake up at 6.30 or, or whatever. Um, God, that's 8 and a half. 10.30 to 6.30 maybe. Uh, I could get up earlier. You know, there, there's things. Um, I spend four hours a week, maybe more, mowing my freaking... Taking care of the landscaping and, and yard work, I could pay somebody to do that, um, but I, I just I don't. I prioritize that as something that's my duty. Um, you know, there's all these things that we spend our time on, and and so some people suggest, and I guess to a certain extent I've done this, is to create a budget. What do you actually spend your time doing? The first thing to do, I guess, is you got to get past the myth of I don't have time, uh, and I'm. Not preaching because I'm super guilty. Maybe the guiltiest person in the world for doing this because I don't have a forty-hour-a-week job that I have to do. Um, I, I can I can 
I've become very good at being opportunistic. And this comes from being a stay-at-home dad. And maybe the the stay-at-home parents out there can relate. You know, I've never had... The first step has never been time carved out for a job. I'm, I'm very envious of people who have jobs because that's literally the first priority in your life. Everything that trumps everything. Uh, your wife, your spouse says they want to have sex or go do something funny. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to work. And maybe that's a bad thing, uh, but it, it, either way, it, 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 it trumps everything. The job trumps all. That's where you spend your time. That's the first cut. And then the next cut tends to be things like, personal and familial responsibilities, you know, your, your immediate sort of community, um, of things that you have to to take care of like food. And, um, but really so much of that is right in the job, right? The job is the money, which pays your bills. It puts a roof over your head that helps you meet all your needs, but then you actually have to spend the time doing it. Now you can nowadays, especially with COVID, you could actually shop online, which is, you know, still takes some time, but it's probably less time than actually going to the grocery store and coming home and all that stuff. But, um, you know, you go on down that list and then you, you look at the amount of time that you spend doing with those things and you say, well, the job takes 40 hours a week. I can't cut that. Um, or, or maybe there is some way that you could sort of carve that up into different pieces. Uh, then you go down, well, I got to do grocery shopping. That's going to take an hour a week. You know, you, 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 and then you get to a point where you're like, okay, everything below this line is optional. Uh, and think about what's in your options and then reorganize those things um, in there so that maybe you're put, you push up some things that have been falling to the wayside uh, and meet your needs. And then, and then with those things, redefine your goals. I'm going to be okay not spending three hours a day working out and driving an hour to the gym or whatever. I'm going to just do a, a, a body weight calisthenics exercise that I can download, which is what I do. It's just a list of 10 exercises and you do 10 reps of each until you poop out. And it can take, each set takes about 10 minutes. So it can be 10 minutes and just do one set and say, well, that's all I got time for today. Or you can go all the way up to five, which I can't even physically do yet. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see if that sticks or not. Uh, I'm going to try. Um, I'm, I'm really into this mode of like sort of improving the quality of life by dealing, by using the resources that I have on hand. The resources that I have on hand are the time that I have. And the solutions to those problems are how I spend that time currently versus how I could better spend that time. Uh, you know, for a person who has a certain amount of privilege that isn't in prison, that isn't, you know, addicted to drugs, that, that isn't financially destitute, you know, if you have enough luxury time, um, it's up to you to figure out how to manage that. And the first step is admitting that you're doing it poorly. Because <laughs> I certainly am. And, and then secondly, try to be a little bit better about that. And reminding yourself that that's how new habits are formed. Think about that. If we can become more efficient with how we spend our time, that's essentially creates time to do the things that we're missing out on or that we lack in our lives right now and things that we want to do. That's pretty huge. Think about it. If if that, that, that became a habit, you know, as easy as, um, you know, whatever it is you do now, say, um, you're at work and you, you know, you have a little break and you say, oh, I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette. Maybe you say, I'm going to take 10 minutes and meditate instead. What if that was just as easy as saying, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette? It can be. It's just, we're not, we're not doing it right. Um, and we have to go further upstream. Uh, I think, um, let's see what other notes I have. Well, and of course, you know, the, the one secret mechanism 
that's discovered 26, we've got 2,600 years worth of evidence is meditation. Um, because meditation focuses you on essentially time passing and trying to master that in a way that minimizes the distractions in that time period. And so if you minimize the distractions that you have, then you spend less time being distracted, which opens that, makes that time available. You know, it's, it's totally a budget. You know, if you're not spending your time doing these things, then you have that time to do these other things. And the problem is we're just not very good at managing time, partly because when we're young, we think it's infinite and it's not something that needs to be um, parceled out in any way because, you know, I got plenty of time. Um, But mindfulness puts us in that state and making mindfulness and meditation a habit, uh, I think, is a key to being the master of time. And so one of the other things I wanted to, to sort of just mention is my background. I spent a lot of time learning about ecology. And one of the things I learned early on that was sort of a, a, um, a, oh, wow, kind of moment, like I didn't know that before, I never considered that before, is you think about the resources that an organism or a species needs to exist. And we could all sort of list them. It's you know food and shelter, and then, of course, in a, in a greater genome sort of sense, um, energy for reproduction. And so you need energy to sort of meet your basic needs and you get that energy by eating and all these things. So you, you have to, you have to have oxygen, you have to have carbon, um, minerals, nutrients. You got to have a place to sleep. You got to have protection if you want to exist. But the one thing that we don't think about as being a resource is time. Uh, you have a certain amount of time to do all of those things. And so if you spend a hundred percent of your time eating, you're not going to reproduce and you're not going to you're going to be left vulnerable out in the desert in the middle of the night or whatever. You have to allot the time to those, those things. And so um, when I started thinking about, and this is, excuse this tangent, because the paper that I always wanted to write, that I didn't have the data to write, that I wanted to do on a career, but I retired and stopped doing that, was, you know, they, you know, think about what is a niche. A niche or niche, some people say, but I just think that sounds pretentious, but both are correct, um, is, you know, a niche defines a species. A a species is unique because it occupies a unique niche. What defines a niche? A niche is a multidimensional hypervolume (laughs) defined by resource axes. And you think about the simplest sort of setup, you have an X and a Y axis. Uh, Maybe it's um, years of life versus uh, amount of food eaten or something like that. Well, every species is going to fall in a different spot in this graph. Some are very short-lived and eat a lot of food. Some are very long-lived and don't eat very much food. You know, they're going to be in a different spot. And the problem with a niche is you take this and you multiply it by N dimensions. Who knows how many? Hundreds, thousands. And so that that two-dimensional graph becomes a sphere. Right? It becomes a three-dimensional shape. And so that shape, the boundaries of that shape are defined by the limitations of all the resources involved, all those N dimensions. The simplest way to think about this is space uh, and time and food and things like that. And so if you could rank those things along a line and call that an axis, you know, you've got time from zero to infinity, but that's not true. Let's say what's the longest lived organism, you know, zero to 
a thousand years or something like that. And then you've got food availability from zero to the maximum amount of food available in a certain habitat. And you can define these blobs that are a species. And so the theory behind speciation and niche occupancy is that every shape of that blob for every species is slightly different. Otherwise, they'd essentially be competing for exactly the same set of resources and the theory says one of them would outcompete the other and there'd only be one left. Sorry for that tangent, but that is a thing that someone with a fairly simple or not, you know, and you know, a basic a non-complex organism like, you know, a planaria worm or a mosquito or something like that, we could do that. And we could do it all the way up to humans. Uh, if we could measure the limitations of each one of those resources uh, and then figure out where it falls along that line. And then again, you know, think about think about the figure that's got a third axis, you know, that's going to put it not just in this plane, but in this three-dimensional space. And as you build that out, it becomes a blob. I love that stuff, and, and I'd love for somebody to do that. And, you know, part of me wishes I would have spent my career doing that, but, you know, that's a big project. <laughs> uh, and maybe one day I will. Who knows? Um, but the point is that time is one of those axes and how, and where you fall on that and how you use time. You know, if you spend 12 hours a day trying to find a blueberry and you need 50 blueberries a day, eh, you're probably not going to last very long. And if you become more efficient at finding those blueberries, now you can do it in 10 seconds. Now you got a chance. And that's really what sort of the selection pressures that drive evolution, right, is making organisms better at getting their resource needs met and shrinking the amount of time that it takes. But time, at the end of the day, you know, is involved in all of that. It's a critical element in that. It's, it's almost like it's the black matter uh, or the dark matter of the niche space, um, because it's, 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 maybe it's not something you can define on a, on a line like all the other uh, resources, but how you spend it, how much you have available to you is critical. Uh, think about like a feline, you know, they, they, they have a, a different use of time whereby they're napping. So they have these interrupted time periods. So if they have a task to do, that's going to take three hours, maybe, for some reason, copulation takes three hours. Uh, they're going to fall asleep in the middle of it, and it's not going to happen. You know, that's. It, I know that's not making a whole lot of sense, but the, the point here is time is a resource just like food, just like money, just like anything else we have. And so for that, you have to deal with your abilities and your inherent um, capacity to utilize that time. In our case, we're not awake 24 hours a day. You can try that model, but it's not sustainable because of our basic inherent time restrictions. And so you, you add up all those different time restrictions. You come up with a, with a limitation you know, on a daily, all the way up to a lifetime, all the way up to a species time um, table of, of how much time you actually have available. And then you can cut it up. And then maybe, maybe a two-hour commute to work is a dumb idea. Unless you're multitasking and listening to podcasts and making phone calls or whatever it is, even though that could be dangerous, whatever. Um, you know, multitasking is a thing, uh, but I, I think it's unsustainable, kind of like trying to be awake 24 hours a day. Um, if you multitask, you're only you're never going to give 100% to whatever it is you're doing. And there's an argument for that. It's like, again, it's all math. It's all time math. 
maybe make $400 a week and rent is $100 a week, that leaves you $300 a week. And then utilities, da, 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 now you got $40 to spend on food. You either spend $40 or less on food or you go broke. Um, the broker you go, the more trouble you're going to create. It isn't sustainable. It's the same thing with time. You're awake 16 hours a day, seven days a week. You got 14 hours worth of this to do. You got two hours every day left over. What are you going to do with that time? And it just builds up and you're, and you're, and you're, what are you creating a, creating a debt that you can't pay or uh, there's some sort of funny, um, slogan there. Uh, and maybe it seems stupid or inorganic or, um, unemotional to sort of look at it like this. But if you got a problem with time limitation, what, you know, any port in a storm, what, you know, this is a solution I think that makes sense to me. And I'm just sort of putting it out there and like, like I do saying it out loud, thinking it through and now being accountable for it. Uh, because, you know, if I drop this in two days and I'll still have this haunting me that's saying I sort of, sort of committed to this, I'm preaching this, um, method, uh, which just is trying to help solidify it as a habit in, in my personal life. Um, but this is a way to beat it. And until I hear better, I, this is the best I got from what I've assembled. Again, the knowledge that I've assembled from other people by standing on the shoulders of giants that makes the most sense with my ability to reason uh, and it's sort of the, in the scientific way. Now I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of experience and I've, I've shown just over the, the last week that it is indeed possible. I've looked at other people's experience that sort of support this and say similar things. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm tired of using it as an excuse that I have no time because it's a lie. I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to the people I love. Um, and on top of this, this, the, 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 the emotional drag that it is to admit that I'm lying, there's not getting the need met on top of all that. I mean, that's terrible. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is some people are just really good, you know, selfish, narcissistic people. I don't think, think, think about this because their time is their time. They probably mathematically have more time because they simply don't understand that some of the time that they have is meant for other people <laughs> and their budget doesn't have that column <laughs> in it. I'm spent with my family. It's just not there because <laughs> I wanted to do this instead. You, you know, people like that, that are just so extremely selfish and many of us are envious of them because it just seems so like it'd be so much easier just to have that time. But there are, there are ways um, to work around that. Let's see if I've forgotten anything else on my notes, my copious notes. And again, for those that, uh, I don't know if you can see it. That's the extent of my outline. This is a very stream of consciousness, um, which for me is working out. I hope it's working out for you too. Ecological time resources. Yeah. And so I think at the end, at the end of the day, at the end of the podcast episode, um, not everybody's going to suffer from this. Like I do being sort of a codependent, um, Given the extent of available time at the end of your budget analysis, um, 
I tend to look at that as being owed to someone else. You know, it's owed to my wife, it's owed to my kids, it's owed to my parents, it's owed, owed, you know, pretty much to that extent. Maybe that goes farther out to your coworkers or your teammates or whatever. But some of that is yours. Um, Some of that is mine. And for me personally, I have to, I have to get myself to believe that, that I have needs that are valid um, as anything else. And that helps move those things up the priority list. So some of us are are working against that uh, too. And I sympathize with sort of the fifties wives model where housewives, moms take care of everybody. um, Cause that's sort of what I ended up becoming um, or the dominant personality trait that I have. And you know, that's noble, but just like the oxygen mask, you're, you're not going. You're only going to be as good at doing that as you are good to yourself. And so, part of the the first cut, you know, after the job and stuff, and maybe maybe before that, you know, this prior prioritization hierarchy, I do not have mastered. I'm just, you know, ranking dumb shit at the bottom and important shit at the top. Um, so don't don't forget to do that. Pay yourself first. <laughs> Something my dad always used to say: if you want to, if you want to get wealthy, you got to pay yourself first. So yeah, you get your you get your t- your time paycheck every morning. Um, take your cut and plan it. And you don't have to be obsessive about planning. You don't have to be obsessive about any of this stuff. Just a fun sort of exercise. Maybe not even with pen and paper to say, you know, what's missing in my life. How am I spending the time that I already have? And where can I squeeze some of these things in without making any unsustainable sacrifices? And, uh, yeah, experiment with me because I'm, I'm curious to see if I can build new habits uh, following this. And uh, I guess the Rolling Stones said, time is on your side. So maybe fighting against it isn't the way to do things, and maybe we should... Uh, try to live with it uh, and make the most of what we have. Anyway, as always, uh, if you enjoyed what you listened to, um, give me some feedback and whatever way you feel comfortable doing, uh, at the very least, you know, share, share this with your friends. Uh, if you think they might like it too, I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to next, next week. Uh, this is Chris Bircher. This has been knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. See ya.